Hi everyone, sorry I took a little bit of a break from the podcast because I was moving houses. So the last two weeks have been pretty crazy, even though we've been in lockdown, I've been busy packing and then moving and unpacking. So hence the little break and I'm sorry about that, but I'm back. Um... I just update you guys on the move. I have moved from Wollongong to Sydney and I've moved in with my partner Jake, which most of you will already know if you follow me on social media. Um, I moved to Sydney because I wanted to be closer to work. So if you didn't know, I work in Sydney. I own a salon, a beauty salon and I have been commuting for the last six years, so it was about time. (laughs) So yeah, there's not much really to report on that. It's been really good living alone. We're living with Jake. Um, It's different. It still feels like we're on a holiday at the moment, but yeah, we're settling in quite nicely. So I wanted to get into today's episode. I was sitting thinking about what topic I wanted to record next and it just so happened that today there was an announcement that Sydney will be extending its lockdown for a further four weeks. The news immediately made me feel anxious and scared and I know that I'm not alone. So we've already been, well Sydney's already been in lockdown for four weeks and They've just announced we're going to be in a further four weeks, which is like fucking two months altogether. And it's just, um, oops, sorry. I'm just getting like PTSD from last year's lockdown and I didn't really do well. <laughs> so we're going straight back into that again. Fucking great. Today I wanted to have a conversation about anxiety and depression. I feel like it's a good time to do this because I'm sure a lot of you out there have sometime in your life may have had an anxious feeling or may struggle with severe depression or anxiety, especially right now, a month into a lockdown with just an announcement then of a further month. I'm sure we are all feeling really stressed. I know me as a business owner, I'm feeling very stressed and they try and emphasize to not feel worried about any financial problems, but it's easy for them to say because everyone else has been getting their payments, you know, quite quickly. And then the business one, you have to wait a month. So you have a whole month of no income. You just have to basically live off what you've saved and you know that's all good and well if you've saved but some people haven't and some people live day by day so it's like fuck it's heavy um so yeah I just wanted to really talk about that and give you guys some pointers on how to get through this so I think that now would be a good time to put in a little disclaimer and just say that anything I say in today's podcast is based on knowledge that I've built up from my own personal experiences struggling with anxiety and depression I am in no way diagnosing anyone but you may ask what is anxiety 
if you ask Google, anxiety can be explained as intense, excessive and persistent worrying and fearing about everyday situations. Fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating and feeling tired. Anxiety can be normal in stressful situations such as public speaking or taking a test. Anxiety is only an indicator of underlying diseases when feeling become excessive or consuming and interfere with daily living so that's google's answer but if you ask me what anxiety is or how i would explain it i have no idea how to explain my anxiety i don't know how to express it i don't know why i feel anxious most of the time i just know it's there anxiety is very common in australia on average one in every four people which is one in every three women and one in every five men that will experience anxiety sometime in their life symptoms of anxiety could be feeling restless feeling tired easily finding it hard to stop worrying about a certain situation Difficulty concentrating, feeling irritable, muscle pain, disturbed sleep. But there are other symptoms that may indicate anxiety also, which might be less common. Some of my personal symptoms are shaky hands, um, my muscles pulsate, (laughs) eye twitching, nausea, lump in the throat, chest pains, tight jaw, just to make a few um i want to explain the muscle pulsate so what happens to me when i'm feeling super anxious is um it's a very specific thing and it's quite weird my upper lip will pulsate um when i'm in a or when i'm overthinking or just when my whole body is just very stressed over a particular situation or just in general um and like i said i can't really explain why I don't I don't even have answers to why it happens but it does happen and it's quite scary every time I go to the doctors about anything other than like an obvious thing like a cold my doctor will pin it down to anxiety and suggest medication although I know many people who are on medication and say that it helps It's not something I ever felt really comfortable with and my personal experience with medication wasn't pleasant. So I gave in and I wanted to try it because it was getting really bad when I was opening up my shop. I was really stressed and yeah, I felt like I just wanted to give it a go then because yeah, like I said, it was just getting uncontrollable and I wanted to just see how I went. Um well it wasn't I didn't I didn't feel like it went very well um I felt worse and my anxiety turned into what I would say depression and my friends and family would explain me as dull and lifeless when I was on the medication although I know there's more than just one method to the medication treatment I just ruled it out completely after that and I had tried it for about two months which I know people say that it usually takes about three months to kick in but I just I couldn't handle that feeling anymore and it was scary to think that I was feeling more depressed as well so 
I'm going to list some techniques on how to manage anxiety without medication. There are a number of different options for managing anxiety. I mean, you could say there's heaps of things you could say. So a lot of the main ones are learning about your anxiety and finding what triggers it. Um, mindfulness, relaxation techniques. So this could be reading a book in the sun or watching a movie that makes you happy. So keeping up your serotonin levels. I like to watch TikToks that make me laugh. Um, behavior therapy, counseling, talking to your friends and family if you don't want to go to counseling. Sometimes talking helps a lot as well. I find personally talking about Whatever it is that I'm feeling helps. So what's another one? Um, dietary adjustments. So doing, I suggest doing an allergy test and a dietary test. Um, I don't know if that's a thing, but there is something around that that you can do that you can find out what sort of foods your body reacts to and if you're intolerant to any particular food because if you are intolerant like let's just say lactose intolerant I am your body reacts really badly to dairy and then it causes a lot of stress on your body so we don't want to be doing that especially if we're already prone to be an anxious person so I suggest finding a naturopath that works for you so I've tried two naturopaths in my life I can't say I liked either of them, but I did give them a fair crack. I had about three or four sessions with each of them. The first one was good. I liked her approach, very approachable, relatable. But the only thing that I couldn't relate to is that she tried to completely change my lifestyle and what I mean by that is like virtually I had to give up alcohol entirely and basically become vegan. And it's not even just vegan. It was like I couldn't eat virtually anything. Like it was just a selected amount of things that I could eat. And she, I could do that for a specific amount of time, but she was more leaning towards like this is, this is like a forever thing, which it's just not sustainable for me. And I just knew I would break and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like I just physically couldn't do it. So I don't personally think that that was the best one for me. The other one was okay. Um, I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't get a good vibe. So I'm still hunting for a good naturopath. But the reason why I wanted to tell you guys this is because just going to see one naturopath is not the be all end all. Like you, you can go see three or four before you find one that's good for you. Like don't just jump onto the first one that you find. I, I suggest speaking to a few people, doing your research to see who has good reviews. I don't know many people who have been to naturopaths, so it's a bit hard for me to get some opinions and suggestions but if anyone knows one that's good please tell me because I'm still on the hunt but naturopaths are good for finding your natural solutions and natural medication that will help your body um building self-esteem structured problem solving okay so there are a few examples that I could give you but I do want to talk more in depth about certain things and certain techniques that 
you can do in, stu in substitute of medication. So between work, bills, family, trying to stay healthy, the everyday pressure of life can turn you into an anxious mess. Believe me, I know. Maybe you were an anxious child who grew it grew into an anxious adult or maybe you developed anxiety later in life i personally think that i was an anxious child who grew into an anxious adult um just based on things that my mum would tell me when i was younger like i used to wake up in the middle of the night and be shaking and i used to tell her that my body felt really heavy and like i used to just hallucinate like I wouldn't be able to sleep and I can't personally tell you where my anxieties come from but I do I have heard some of my clients have told me about this specific doctor that you can see it's like one of those natural remedy doctors I don't know how to explain it I should do my research on this and find you the doctor and I will and I'll put it in the notes I have not yet seen them they're in Sydney but yeah like I said I'll put them in the notes for you guys I'll find out the the name of them again I haven't seen them but I will go see them after lockdown where was I <laughs> um anyway regardless of what Regardless of when symptoms begin, it's possible that your mind might go into overdrive and you're always waiting for the rug to be pulled out from under you. You're not alone. Like I said before, you may have turned to medication for help. Although anti-anxiety medication can ease your anxiety, the serenity can come with price tag it can come with a form of side effects like i mentioned to you before um other symptoms that you can get or side effects that you can get are troubled sleeping decrease um decrease libido jumpiness um increased hunger so i'm here to tell you guys that the good news is that medication is not the only way to get your fears and nerves under control Talking to trusted friends is one way to cope with anxiety, but there is something even better than talking, and that is screaming at the top of your lungs. As a kid, you were probably told not to shout and to use your inside voice, but as an adult, you can do what you want and you can make your own rules. So if you're dealing with pent-up frustration and anxiety, let it out. This doesn't mean putting fear into others. And making them feel like they're on edge. What I'm talking about is a healthy release of emotions in a controlled environment. So the more you fight anxiety, the more overwhelming it can become. Instead, what I want you to do is embrace the anxiety as part of your life and then let it go. So screaming at the top of your lungs, punching a pillow, stamping your feet, do whatever it is that helps you get it out. What I do, I know this sounds so bizarre and you guys are probably thinking, what the fuck, Monica? But it does work because what I do is I just sing. Oh, my God, my dogs. Shut up. Sorry about that. So what I like to do is when I'm driving, um, especially like to and from work or just like in general, like even driving to my boyfriend's house, what I like to do is turn the music up really loud and sing really loudly in my car and that lets off so much steam and it makes me feel so much better. I know you guys are thinking, I don't know about that one, but I want you to try it. 
because I know a lot of people who have said that this technique helps a lot as well. Um, let's move on to a different one and let's talk about exercising. So exercise is one of the best natural anti-anxiety solutions in my eyes as well and in a lot of people's eyes. Um, I think a lot of people can agree with me that physical activity raises endorphins and serotonin levels to help you feel better emotionally and when you feel better on the inside your entire outlook improves and because your brain can can't equally focus on two things at once exercise can also take your mind off your problems so what i would do is aim for at least 30 minutes of physical activity three to five times a week if you can don't think you have to struggle through a painful workout or do some really intense like workout or like run if you don't if you don't usually run or if you're not a good runner or you know if you've got asthma I don't know <laughs> what I'm saying is any type of movement is good so you don't have to go and do strenuous workout. You can just go for a little stroll. You can put on your favorite music in your earphones and clean the whole house. That's exercise. Let me tell you, I know that personally now because I've been cleaning the apartment and I just realized I break out in a sweat just cleaning. So that's even a workout. Just anything that gets your body moving is good and it takes your mind off everything. Okay let's move into things we consume so a cup of coffee chocolate or coke even coca-cola might help you feel better but if it's caf if it's got caffeine in it and if caffeine is your go-to choice your anxiety can worsen from that and Caffeine gives the nervous system a jolt, which can boost your energy levels. But when you're under pressure, this nervous energy can actually induce an anxiety attack. The idea of giving up caffeine might raise your heart rate and induce anxiety, even as you're listening to this. But if you like you don't have to quit cold turkey and give it up completely it's all about moderation so if you drink like two to four cups of coffee a day scale it back to one or two normal sized cups of coffee by normal i mean even go small um give it a test run see how you feel as you slowly wean yourself introduce other beverages into your diet such as maybe even a decaffeinated coffee or a herbal tea and that can help calm your mind and your nerves okay let's move on to your schedule of life so with your busy schedule there's no time for sleep right some workaholics would brag about only needing say three or four hours of sleep a night some being me but no matter what you might tell yourself you are not a robot and humans do need sleep to function properly so unless you are beamed in from some nearby planet this applies to you whether you deal with maybe insomnia or 
purposely limiting your sleep. I don't know why you would do that. Do yourself a favor and also everyone around you a favor and get eight to nine hours of sleep every night. Develop a bedtime routine, read a book or do something relaxing before bed. I mean, this might not be relaxing, but I actually just watch maybe like an hour of TikTok before bed. And that's probably not the best way to go, but it does get me to sleep or I might just play a game on my phone, like anything, just to get you tired and set your limits, turn off that phone and turn on sight, flip it over so the light doesn't wake you up and go to bed. And you know what? If you get into that routine, it does work. And I always said, oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like I can't sleep. I'm the worst sleeper ever. But I've started to get myself in a routine where it's like, okay, I will not because this whole lockdown has really stuffed me up. It's And I feel like a lot of people can relate in terms of sleeping. Um, even just all the friends that I've been speaking to have all mentioned that they don't get to bed until 4am and that was me. But what I've done since is I've said to myself, okay, this is ridiculous because you're going to, there's going to come a time where we're going to get out of lockdown and you're going to need to be waking up early for your brides. And I haven't been going to bed until like 3, 4am and I usually wake up at 4am to go to my brides. So this is going to be a problem. So I knew that I have to start adjusting my sleep from now so that when I do get back to work, I'm refreshed and I'm in a good routine. So like I said, I set myself a time limit. I get into bed. Um, my partner wakes up quite early for work. So when he says he's going to bed, I jump in bed too. Um, even though I have nothing to do during like the next day, I'm going to start setting myself into a routine now. So I'll jump into bed also and then I might, he might go straight to sleep. I might just play, put my earphones in and watch an hour of TikTok or do an hour of playing on my phone. I, I do have um, some books that I am reading. So I might do that as well. And then I'll switch it off after the hour. I will turn my phone over so the light doesn't wake me up turn on silent and I go to bed and I've been doing that for the last two weeks now and it I'm getting so much better like I'm getting I'm not I'm not sleeping past I know this sounds bad past 12 o'clock 12 p.m a.m whatever it is because I, I mean I have nothing to do the next day now but I'm going to be more strict with myself obviously once I start getting to bed but yeah that anyway that's my little routine that I've done and the better prepared that you are to get a good night's sleep the better quality sleep that you'll have which leads to a better morning as well so that's that okay your plate is only so big and if you're overwhelmed with yourself and with everyone else's personal problems your anxiety is going to worsen and we've all heard the saying, there's more happiness in giving than receiving. But nowhere in this sentence does it say that you should sit and just let others infringe on your time. And whether that you're driving someone around or, I don't know, picking something up for them or for their kids, you're picking up their kids from school, whatever it is. 
you are going to have little to none strength to care for your own personal affairs if you spend all your time and energy caring for others. And this doesn't mean that you should never help anyone, but what I'm saying is to know your limits and don't be afraid to say no when you need to. And I can personally relate to that when I say saying no is necessary sometimes because, you know, I'm going to call myself out (laughs) when I used to when I was working and I used to come home and I used to have to do like I don't know five or four or five people's eyebrows after work every now and then I know it seems really like oh it's not a big deal but when you do that when you work all day and all you want to do is come home eat dinner and, and lay in bed and just wind down but you can't it is it can be so frustrating and it's hard because it turned into something that I initially offered to me saying I actually can't do this anymore like it's making me like resent the people and it's not even their fault because it's just something that I just grew a disliking to and it was affecting my health because I was already exhausted and I just wanted to come home and go to bed but I couldn't do that because I had to come home and service my family and friends um after a full day of work and after driving an hour to get home and it wasn't all the time but it was enough to get me really worked up whenever it started to um reoccur more often and it got to the point where I was just doing so many people's eyebrows at home where it's like I actually can't do this anymore and moving to Sydney was a good excuse for me to stop but I wouldn't have known how to stop if it wasn't for that excuse and where I'm going with this is sometimes you just have to say no and you have to be selfish if it's something that you can't physically do or if it's affecting you and like I said like it would have gotten to a point where I would have just had to turn around and say sorry I'm I can't do it anymore even even though it is my family and friends like the people I love and I want to help the most I just it was something I couldn't do anymore for some reason so yeah you just have to do it sometimes (laughs) okay let's move on to again things we consume So if anxiety causes nausea and the thought of eating food is as appealing as eating dirt, maybe, (laughs) but skipping meals can make your anxiety worse and I don't suggest to do it. Your blood sugar will drop and when you don't eat, it causes a release of a stress hormone. Um, I believe it's called core cortisol or something like that I can't remember what it is but it can help that hormone can help perform better under pressure it can also make you feel worse if you are already prone to anxiety so these are all things that I've learned over time through my doctors and through research and stuff so what they've always said to me is the fact that you need to eat does not justify just putting anything in your mouth and it's not an excuse to say over indulge in junk food and sugary foods sugar doesn't cause anxiety but a sugar rush 
could cause nervousness and shaky hands and whatnot. And if you begin to obsess over a reaction to sugar, you could have an you could have a panic attack from that also. Um, it's not it's not something like I said that would cause the anxiety attack in general, but then I guess the better way to put this is don't resort to comfort eating, <laughs> which again I relate to literally every single one of these things that I'm talking to you guys about. What I would suggest to obviously lean more towards, and when I say this, you guys are going to be like, yeah, yeah, we hear this shit all the time, but it is true. Lean for, lean into, sorry, proteins, fruits, veggies, and healthier fats for your diet. So what I also recommend to do is eat smaller portioned meals throughout the day and avoid overindulging on a big meal and not eating throughout like so not eating throughout the whole day and then eating a big meal at night is not going to do you any good you're going to feel bloated you're going to feel disgusting and it's not going to be good for your body or your stomach so try and eat little meals throughout the day it also helps for late uh, weight loss and if you've ever seen a dietitian in your life that's the number one rule they tell you i've seen multiple and they've all told me this this is like something i've known for the longest time do i follow it always no absolutely not am i guilty of not eating all day and then eating a huge meal at night yes absolutely i am do i do it more than i should admit yes <laughs> so i can tell you firsthand it is not good for you and i feel disgusting every time i do it and i regret it and i always hate like the feeling of not f- feeling full and that might be growing up in a wog family i don't know where like your mother stuffs your plate with like all this different food and you eat until you're like disgustingly full and your button on your pants is popping but I'm really trying to break out of that habit and believe it or not that does contribute to stress and anxiety so yeah um let's move on to learning how to remove yourself from situations that may trigger your anxiety let's just say that sometimes anxiety is due to feeling out of control and I have had that feeling many of times you can't always be in the driver's seat of your life but you can take steps to identify your triggers and cope with the circumstances that cause your anxiety So this stems back to finding what triggers your anxiety. So maybe the thought of going into a social situation or meeting new people might want to make you jump off a bridge. Or maybe while everyone else is talking and they're all being loud and they're partying and the music's loud, you're literally counting down the seconds to when you can remove yourself from that situation and your heart is beating and your chest is beating because yes I have been there if that is you I'm going to give you some tips on how to remove yourself from situations like this in an ideal way Mm. one thing could be instead of 
picking up your friends and going to a party together in one car what you could do is or even like driving to the city with your friends or something like that um, what you could do is just drive yourself to the party the event the dinner whatever it is and this way if you need to leave and your anxiety starts to build and you can't handle another minute of awkward interactions or just being in a particular situation you have the control to remove yourself then and I have in fact used this technique and I do do this all the time in my life I like to there's multiple factors to this one I just like to be the driver in a car I've always been that way ever since I got my license I hate being the passenger I drive everywhere with my friends but where I can I also just drive myself so that I don't I'm not tied to owing anyone a lift home or I don't have to rely on anyone for a lift home I am just in control of when I need to leave a certain situation and this has happened to me where I have had to leave a particular party or event because I've gotten really overwhelmed and my whole face was twitching and I could just feel my whole body shaking from anxiety and I couldn't even tell you what triggered it but I think it was just being in the social space that I was and I wasn't in the right mindset to be there and I had to go home I had to leave the party leave the event that I was at really awkwardly and embarrassing but I had to do it and I just made up an excuse and I left and you know what as soon as I got home all those physical symptoms like my face twitching and even that just feeling of nauseous and like heaviness on my body literally disappeared the moment I got home so that's what told me that that was anxiety that situation was anxiety and it worked removing myself and I'm so glad that I was in a position to do that and it not being too awkward the more in control you feel the less anxiety and stress you will have I hope that you guys are taking something away from all this other than listening to this podcast what are you thinking about right now are you worried about a meeting that you have next week are you stressed about a meeting your financial goals due to this lockdown maybe you're obsessing over whether you'll be a good parent or that you have zero kids and you have no faith no plans to even conceive in the near future if you answered yes to any of these questions you've just uncovered part of the problem like many other people with anxiety disorders you have trouble living in the moment and Instead of worrying about today, you're thinking about tomorrow's problem. And depending on the severity of your anxiety, you might be stressing about yesterday's mistakes even. You can't control the future and you can't borrow a time machine and change the past. So here's a thought. Take each day as it comes. Not to say that you can't be proactive and head off problems, but you don't need to put too much focus on what has been and what will be that you create anxiety for yourself mindfulness and meditation are rooted in living moment and having been proven to ease anxiety so try practicing this for a few minutes a day and increase the duration over time the best part of it is is that you can do it anywhere you can do it in your bed you can do it on your work desk you can even do it in 
the living room while your partner's sitting there because they're not going to know. You're just getting into your own thoughts. There are lots of different apps that you can use for meditation. Um, there's lots of websites and articles that I've read on meditation. Um, you can teach yourself. There's YouTube videos. It's actually quite easy once you get into the hang of it. And it is a really good technique that a lot of people will suggest. <sighs> Anxiety is a beast, but it is possible to win the battle without medication. I really recommend to start with a drug-free approach and speak with your doctor. If you've tried all these sort of things that I've just been speaking about and your symptoms are still bad or they're getting worse, then maybe you can double into trying medication do what works for you. Just know that your anxiety does not control your life. I think I'm going to end the podcast here by just saying that if you're struggling with anxiety, you are not alone. And I hope that this episode has helped you and encouraged you to try something new and try one of these techniques. If you're struggling to get through this lockdown, stay active be motivated by working on things that you said you had no time for, picking up a hobby, learning a new skill, eat well, sleep well. <laughs> we will be out. Of, I, can't, I think I can't speak because I've been out of the game for too long, two weeks too long. <laughs> we will be out of this mess before you know it and you will be back to your busy lifestyle you might even be begging for a break again. So my advice is take advantage of the situation that you're in in the best way you can. I'm going to end it here. Thank you so much for listening. If you listened all the way through, you bloody rock. Love you all. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.